Previously on Transformers University, we took a look at 1984 and the cultural impact of the Transformers at the time, and we looked into the creation of the backstory by Marvel Editor-in-Chief Jim Shooter, and we dissected the toy line, so that only leaves one place to go in this episode as we take a look at the Transformers Season 1 cartoon and the cast that brought it to life. Hello, my friend, and welcome to episode four of Transformers University, the TFU.info podcast. I am your host, Anthony Brucalli, and uh, today we have a very uh, special version of the show. Uh, this version started out and is a uh, video version you can find on our YouTube channel. So if you go and search uh, Transformers University on YouTube, uh, this should come up uh, with all the video. Uh, and we are going to meet the cast of the G1 cartoon uh, season one and uh, mainly just the first half of season one because there are a lot of people on this show. So uh, without any further ado, we're just going to jump right into it. Let's meet the cast of G1 season one. Since its debut, the original Transformers cartoon has been beloved by fans and kids thanks to its colorful cast of characters. But just who are the voices behind the bots? Well, it all starts with these two men, Peter Cullen and Frank Welker. They may fight like cats and dogs on screen, but off screen, they became good friends in the recording booth. Maybe halfway through the first season or second season, they split us up because they had Peter and I working together all the time. So finally they put, remember, they put like two or three people between us. And it wasn't really our faults, it was the other actors. <laughs> Cullen has had a long and storied career, though he's mainly served as a voice actor in animation for most of it. Early in his career, Cullen was also an announcer for variety shows such as the Smothers Brothers Comedy Hour and the Sonny and Cher Comedy Hour. But Cullen has had a few on-screen appearances to his name, like this scene where he shared the screen with Richard Pryor and John Belushi. Look, Willie, every Friday night it's the same thing. You come in here, you get drunk, you go into the John, you get sick all over all the other drunks. <laughs> And then he loses his car keys in the jukebox. Cullen was also the voice of Optimus Prime's security officer, Ironhide. The inspiration for Prime's voice came from his brother, Larry. In this case, it was described as a hero, but he was a truck. <laughs> so when I described this very scenario to my brother, Larry, who was... Uh, former marine and uh, he said peter if you're going to be a hero be a real hero don't be uh, you know don't go running around and acting a tough you know i said okay so when those lines came my name is optimus prime that just came out of me and i went well this is gonna work welker is best known as well everything he's one of the most prolific actors of all time lending his talents to voice a myriad of characters goes for the first season of Transformers as well, where he was a number of characters, including the Autobots Mirage and Trailbreaker, Decepticon cassettes Ravage, Frenzy, and Rumble, as well as Skywarp, Megatron, and Soundwave. I had this sort of very white voice. Maybe I do that and put some scratch in there. 
Walker's hundreds of credits span back to 1969 to his first appearance in the film The Trouble with Girls, where he had a chance to sing alongside the king himself, Elvis Presley. That same year, Welker was cast as the voice of Fred in Scooby-Doo, a role he has maintained ever since. But he's not the only cast member of that show to appear in Transformers Season 1. Scooby-Doo himself, Don Messick, was the voice of Gears and Ratchet. It's coming from the bushes. Go see what it is, Scooby. Don't worry, I'm right behind you. In addition to Messick, one more meddling kid would add his voice to the Transformers, Casey Kasem. His distinct talents would take shape as Teletran 1, Cliffjumper, and Blue Streak. Kasem was a staple in American radio, hosting the syndicated Top 40 program, where his dulcet tones would count down to the number one song in the country. But sometimes, it wasn't always easy. Dear Casey, this may seem to be a strange dedication request, but I'm quite sincere, and it'll mean a lot if you play it. Recently, there was a death in our family. He was a little dog named Snuggles, but he was most certainly a part of... Let's come start again. <clears throat> See, when you come out of those up-tempo god numbers, man, it's impossible to make those transitions, and then you got to go into somebody dying. You know, they do this to me all the time. I don't know what the hell they do it for, but god if we can't come out of a slow record, I don't understand it. Okay, I want a god concerted effort to come out of a record that isn't a up-tempo record every time I do a god death dedication. This is a god last god time. I want somebody use his brain to not come out of a god record that is uh, that, that's up-tempo and I got to talk about a dog dying. From a dog to a hound. Veteran character actor Ken Sansom provided the Green Jeep's voice. Sansom is best known for voicing Rabbit in Winnie the Pooh and for numerous minor TV roles in the 70s. Mr. Twitchell is here from Eternal Shores. He's got a beautiful plot with a view of the George Washington Bridge. You know how much you admire George Washington. Tell him about our Rose Garden and the Sunday organ concert. Did you hear that, Felix? They promised you a Rose Garden. Another veteran character actor among the cast was John Stevenson. Best known as Fred Flintstone's boss, Mr. Slate, on Transformers, he was Windcharger, Huffer, and Thundercracker. But his on-screen career dates all the way back to the 1950s, where he made regular appearances on shows such as The George Burns and Gracie Allen Show. You deny any knowledge that this $20 bill was counterfeit, is that correct? Yes, sir. And yet, on December 6, 1955, you were convicted of the very same crime. Is that not correct? No, sir. You deny it? It was for passing a $10 bill. <laughs> the narrator for The Transformers was Victor Caroli. Many millions of years ago, on the planet Cybertron, life existed. But not life as we know it today. Intelligent robots that could think and feel inhabited the cities. Caroli has only had a handful of credits to his name, and only a pair of those were on-screen appearances. 
Here's one from a 70s detective show called Harry O, where he plays a harbor master. Let's see if you can recognize it. CFO2070E. Yeah, right here. Uh, Marina West, Dock B, Slip 24. Dan Gilvezan, however, might be one of the most recognizable voices in Transformers. As the original Bumblebee, kids of the 80s looked to his voice as their own within the program. He was also the voice of Spider-Man in Spider-Man and His Amazing Friends, which aired around the same time, making him a staple of 80s children's programming. So much so that his voice was easy to pick out whenever he made a rare on-screen appearance. You know, Murphy, you don't understand. It isn't just Stewart who's liable. The network is, too. Now, if he goes on FYI and reveals privileged information, it could be argued that you induced him into breaking his contract. Often pairing up with Bumblebee was Spike, a human teenager caught up in the war between the Decepticons and the Autobots. Spike was one of numerous characters voiced by Corey Burton in Season 1, along with Braun, Sunstreaker, and Shockwave. He has spent the majority of his career as a voice actor, particularly as the latter half of Disney's Chip and Dale. In an uncredited role, he appeared in the 1987 film Spaceballs as one, or possibly all, of the Dinks. From Dink and Dale to Chip, in this case, Chip Chase. Chip Chase was a human friend of Spike and was voiced by Michael Horton best known for playing the nephew of Jessica Fletcher on Murder, She Wrote. Horton appeared in numerous TV shows during the 70s and 80s, including this scene from Taxi, where he plays a young actor landing his first role in a production of Romeo and Juliet. I beseech thee you've put not another sin upon my head by urging me to fury. Oh, be gone! By heaven, I love thee better than myself, for I come hither armed against myself. Stay not! Be gone! Live! And hereafter say a madman's mercy bade thee run away. I do defy thy conjurations and apprehend thee for a felon here. Wilt thou provoke me? Then have at thee, boy! Michael Bell has some moves. Bell played Prowl and Sideswipe in the Transformers but had many on-screen roles in the 50s and 60s. This particular one is from a 1961 film called Damaged Goods, a film meant to educate teenagers about the dangers of venereal disease. Bell played Monk Monaghan, the luckless best friend of the main character. Bell reprised his role a decade later as Dr. Monk Monaghan, introducing a recut, shorter version of the original film called The Summer of 63. It was back in the late summer of 63 when I started my last year of high school. I know that what happened then alerted me to a new awareness of medicine, how people could be ill without showing it and without others knowing it. It surely helped influence me in my decision to learn more about the science of medicine. Perhaps the most recognizable voice on the Transformers was Scatman Crothers. Shut up, 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 shut up. The famous singer and musician appropriately voiced the Autobot Jazz. As an actor, Crothers is most often associated with films by Stanley Kubrick. You know, some places are like people. Some shine and some don't. I guess you could say the Overlook Hotel here has something about it that's like shining. Of course, Scatman wasn't the only Transformers actor to have The Shining. Well, here's Johnny! 
Well, what do you think we should do about dinner, Wendy? Oh, you don't know. Well, I don't think that's true. I think you have some very definite ideas what we should do about dinner, and, and I'd like to know what they are. She's scared. You're really scared. <laughs> Chris Lotta's range of voices permeated throughout the series. He was the first Transformer to speak on screen as Wheeljack. There's not enough energy in these conductors to last a cortex. He was Spike's dad, Sparkplug. He was all three members of Reflector. He was the screeches and screams of Laserbeak and Buzzsaw. And most importantly, he was Starscream. And he could switch between those voices rather quickly. Which makes me a little different from the other comedians you'll see in your life. Because with me... <laughs> If you don't laugh, <laughs> send, send the little man inside that makes me do bad things with him. And, <laughs> and I'll have to go back to the doctors again. But you won't know that. This guy's going, I'll never sit up front at a comedy show again. <laughs> I know there were cutbacks in mental health, but who let this big one out? Lada had a career as a stand-up comic and actor. His live-action roles included a small role on Seinfeld and a pair of episodes of Married with Children, where he was a member of Al's No Mam Club. Of course, Lada's most unmistakable voice was that of Cobra Commander. This new era in television is only the beginning! Cobra! And all these voices were brought together on both Transformers and G.I. Joe by the voice direction of Wally Burr. An actor himself, Burr was the voice of the Atom on Super Friends and occasionally cast himself when needed. I pity the fool that doesn't join Cobra! Burr was often known for putting his actors through their paces, as evidenced by this rare outtake session where Burr directs Frank Welker through a series of ravaged roars and noises. Uh, ravage angry, frustrated roars. Sullen-like. Take one. <laughs> Give me some that are separate. Isolated, uh, two. Without Wally Burr's dedication to his craft, we would not be talking about this series today. And with that, we will wrap this special edition of Transformers University. Believe it or not, this isn't even the entire cast for Season 1, but we'll tackle that in the next Meet the Cast episode. For now, I'm your host, Anthony Brucali, and you're watching Transformers University. And I hope you liked that special video edition of Transformers University. You can swing on by to our YouTube channel to check out this whole thing with all the video and all the clips. Uh, it's a lot of fun. You should go take a look at it. And uh, of course, if you like it, like and subscribe on YouTube. Be sure to subscribe and leave reviews here on uh, iTunes, Stitcher, Google Play, wherever you are downloading this podcast. Uh, the more you uh, review us and rate us and like us, the uh, more visible the show will be and better off we'll do. And of course, please check out our Amazon links at uh, www.tfu.info slash Amazon, especially if you want to check out some of these shows, um, in particular the uh, the show with Mike, the movie with Michael Bell, Damaged Goods, as it's called, 
is available on Prime Video. So if you go and sign up for Amazon Prime or if you already have a subscription, search it out and watch it. It is uh, quite the watch, to say the least. And before we go, I just want to give a quick thanks to the folks at Transformers at the Moon because uh, they helped us out with that uh, really cool outtake clip of Frank Welker as Ravage. Be sure to check out their site at uh, transformertoys.co.uk. Lots of great stuff there and lots of great stuff on the YouTube page too. Lots of outtakes from the first season as well. Uh, so please go check them out. They're awesome. And that will wrap it up for this episode of Transformers University. I am your host, Anthony Bricali, and be sure to come back next time as we talk more Transformers on Transformers University. See ya.